0: Now you are on the clock. Hey everybody, it's Darren Armani from com. Last night we took part in a Football Guys Players Championship draft over at the FFPC. Um, So we want to go over a little bit about how that contest works and discuss our draft, go over um, my picks, my thoughts behind the picks, and uh, we'll also discuss the teams um, that also participated with me. So... I had originally scheduled for the 7 o'clock draft, but I think I was just, uh, it was there was one left, um, there was one opening, and I just missed out, so shut it down, and f- about five minutes later, they opened up an 8 o'clock draft, so I hopped into that one. So I ended up uh, drafting with what appears to be um, a bunch of sharks again, um, and most of these drafts, are filled with very experienced players at this time. Which isn't uncommon because um, your most avid players will usually um, get started early in the season. Um, But I believe my last podcast I discussed the Revelations draft. So a Revelations draft is a single league. Wow, the Football Guys drafts are part of an overall tournament. There's a $250,000 first place prize for the overall winner of the football guys competition, um, there are a maximum of seven hundred leagues, which translates to eighty four hundred teams. So you have to out quite a bit of uh, competitors to to capture that top prize. But within the league itself, you can still um, you know win some nice prizes uh, by winning your your individual league. There's a first place prize and a second place prize. First place gives you, uh, you have three choices. You can win $1,500 cash. You can get a free entry into the 2020 FFPC main event. Or you can take $500 cash and a three pack of entries to the 2020 Football Guys competition. Um, And then you also get a a nice um, medal for winning your league. Second place in, in your individual league is $500. And then once you you know depending if you win your league um, there's a championship bracket and there's different criteria for getting into that championship bracket there's also a consolation bracket Uh, but usually if you win your league or you have the highest amount of points in your league then that gives you an automatic birth into the championship bracket so generally there are three stages to uh, the season you've got the regular season which are weeks 1 through 11 and then you've got the league playoffs, which start in week 12. So this is important. Um, it's a shorter regular season than a lot of other competitions out there. So your regular season is week 1 to 11. The league playoffs are weeks 12 and 13. And then depending upon your performance and your your results um, up until then, there will be the championship round and the consolation rounds from weeks 14 through 16. And all the teams are lumped into these overall uh, ramp brackets, and you're going head to head against each other. So there's a lot of dynamics um, with respect to that. You're going to have a lot of overlap between players um, across those teams, and um, it's it's what it what it comes down to. Oftentimes, is you know the differentiation you have between those other teams. Um, during those weeks as far as the players on your roster and also what your lineup decisions are week to week so it's a, uh, a tall mountain to climb but um, it's it attracts a lot of players, a lot of experienced players and it's a, it's a great competition also keep in mind that there are there are players who will you know load up with a significant amount of entries into this um, competition so it's it's, it's kinda of like DFS in that respect where you know There are big guns out there with dozens and dozens of entries into this um, competition, and they are drafting early and often um, throughout the draft season. So the drafting, I believe it started at the beginning, beginning of May or maybe mid-May, and it's going to go all the way up through September. They're going to be drafting constantly um, it, it, around the clock, literally, um, at one point in time over the summer during the... Um, they, they call what do they call that? Yeah, that's the draft-a-thon that they have. So um, so there'll be opportunities to participate in this all off season. Um, go over to the FFPC page. They've got links to all the rules, the entire prize structure, and um, you know that's where you can also sign up for the drafts as well. So um, so this is my first entry into this competition, and uh, so we want to go over. Um, again, what happened during the draft, like I said, I started, uh, at, I was in an eight o'clock draft and as per usual, I, I, was randomly given the, the 12 pick, which is the same as what I got in the revelations draft. So it, you know, the upside is I'm very familiar with the 12 pick and it, I could, I literally know what, what players are heading my way, um, you know, on the turns Um, at least in the earlier rounds. and Building off of what happened in the Revelations draft, there's a couple things I I would like to have done differently. Um, So I employed those tactics in this draft. And I came out, I was pretty happy with the team overall. Um, One general note about drafting in these tournament teams, um, tournament competitions, is you're really taking a lot more risks because you're shooting for that overall prize um you know we're going to be going against hundreds of teams in the championship bracket so you're trying to land players that will be league winners and players that will excel you know th- that weeks of weeks 14 15 and 16 versus a regular individual league where you're playing a little more conservatively um you know you're only competing against uh, Eleven other teams for that top prize, so the mindset is a little bit different, and the the way that the experienced players, you know, build their teams shows because they will go after a lot of long shots. They're going to go after lottery tickets, and especially this time of year, hoard those players that they think can launch them um, into uh, overall championship uh, status. Um, later in the year. So and I employed a little bit of that of that myself um, in my picks. So uh that was um, definitely something that influenced my uh my draft picks over the course of this draft. So three hundred and fifty dollars to enter this competition. You can get a three pack for a thousand dollars. Um but uh yeah so let's get into um into the draft Okay, so round one starts off as most drafts typically have been, um, especially in the football guys. I, uh, I posted that the number one overall pick has been Christian McCaffrey more often than not, um, more so than most other formats. Uh, he is second to Saquon Barkley, but trailing just a bit. Um, you can see my post on Twitter if you want to see that graphic. Uh, so we went McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Elliott, and then in the five, where, you know, this is where you see the most variety, they pick Le'Veon Bell, which, you know, I can't really argue with if, um, they feel he's going to be, uh, that productive. Usually you see Kelsey in the five hole, um, but that's fine. Uh, so at the six, Kelsey did go... Then Odell Beckham at seven, DeAndre Hopkins at eight, David Johnson at nine, Devontae Adams at ten, and then right before me, pick eleven went James Conner. So I'm basically deciding here between Melvin Gordon and Joe Mixon, but Melvin Gordon doesn't typically fall this far, so uh, I grab him at the twelve. Uh, I'm sorry, at the one twelve. Gordon has gone as high as 105 in the football guy's drafts. but um, So I feel that's a pretty good value. Uh, in the Revelations draft, when I picked the 12, I picked Joe Mixon at that position. So second round, I go with Michael Thomas here because I, I, having done so many drafts at the 12 spot, I know that coming back, at the end of the 3rd at my 3 uh at the three twelve pick all of the top tier wide receivers are going to be gone so it was debating between Zach Arts and Michael Thomas but i didn't want to you know have to deal with um that situation of having maybe a, a, a third tier uh receiver as my number one guy so i picked Michael Thomas and then i just figure i'll you know, deal with the tight end later on in the draft and see what comes to me. Um, so Zurt, Ertz ended up going at the two oh five to team eight. Um, third round comes around, and I'm expecting Devonta Freeman, Josh Jacobs, Damian Williams, and Aaron Jones to be available. Fortunately, the team at eleven selected Patrick. Trump- Patrick Mahomes at 311 which you know it is actually kind of early in this format because people will hold off on quarterbacks as much as possible um so I was happy to see that Devonta Freeman went previously at 310 so I decided to go with Josh Jacobs and I was debating between Jacobs and Damian Williams um Problem is, Melvin Gordon has a Week 12 bye and Damian Williams also has a Week 12 bye. so I didn't want to have to deal with that dilemma, um, you know, at the end of the season, pre- presuming I make the playoffs. So, I go with Josh Jacobs, and he's been all over the place in the football, guys. I saw him go at the 203 a couple nights ago. He's also lasted into um, the fourth round, deep in the fourth round, so... It's a bit of an unknown, um, but he doesn't really have any competition for carries. The question is whether uh, you know he could sustain that workload. But I, as I said earlier, you got to take risks in this thing. So I think the ceiling for Jacobs um, is is potentially very high. Uh, Damian Williams does end up going at the four hundred four um, to Team Crack Rock and. Uh, He probably won't mind me mentioning his name. He's on Twitter. He was drafting in uh, in uh, in the the nine hole, and Team Crack Rock is no uh, no stranger to success in this format. Last year, he ended up finishing fifteenth and thirty second overall in the competition. Um, You can actually on our website go to there's a section for the 2018 winners, and you can look at all the teams that won in 2018 um, in that championship round and look at the draft boards and see you know what approaches that they took. So the approaches from year to year should be similar. Again, going with a, a, a higher risk um, approach in, in hopes of advancing deep into the championship round. Um, also in this draft is uh, Mr. David Hubbard I think he was drafting in oh at, in in slot number three. So, it, it, as best I can tell, he's in the majority of these football guys drafts, and he's one of those guys who will uh enter multiple bullets into this competition. So, anyway, um in round oh so in round four, so on the the three four turn, I'm taking Josh Jacobs first, and then I grab Julian Edelman. I want to maintain balance here. I know there's a bunch of sharks in this league. Uh, I don't want to get overweight at any particular position. So I grabbed Julian Edelman at the 401. So I'm starting with Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, Michael Thomas, and Julian Edelman um, as my first four picks. So on the 5-6 turn, I end up taking a couple tight ends here. Uh, I select Jared Cook at the 512. And this is going after Ingram, Howard, Henry. And I was actually surprised Ebron went ahead of him. So uh, Team 11 did me another favor by making Cook available. So I've actually got two of the, the, the premier uh, pass catchers for the Saints. I've got Michael Thomas and Jared Cook uh, lined up. So I'm pretty happy about that. And you'll see that's a theme here. I will favor the players on the higher quality teams. So I've got, uh, you know, two saints already. Um, my number one RB is from the Chargers, the Jacobs. You know, the Raiders are not premier, but um, as we go further in the draft, you'll see I continue to pound the players that are coming from the better teams. Um, just another piece of uh, the process that I take into account. At the six one, I take Vance McDonald, which is a little bit early here, but this is a. I'm thinking for upside here with Antonio Brown gone um, and those targets uh, being available. Jesse James isn't there anymore. McDon- uh, McDonald, in my opinion, has a chance to really um, build upon what he did last year and be one of those breakout tight ends um, for uh, for 2019 and, and exceed his uh, his his draft position. So. Um, and at the twelve spot, I really don't mind drafting at twelve because it gives me more time between picks to follow the draft, analyze what other teams are doing, and um, even take breaks. Sometimes I'll, I'll walk away from the draft knowing that I've got you know five or six minutes to to uh, you know to make my next pick. So it it, it helps. Like I, it's almost like a built-in break into a live draft, which is nice. So. As as much as I joke that I keep getting the twelfth pick. I, I really don't mind it. Um anyway, so uh seventh round, I was uh actually surprised Latavius Murray felt this fall. So I grabbed I grabbed him at the seven twelve and I was ha- I was happy again that Team Eleven didn't pick him because they've only got two running backs up until this point. So they drafted Connor and Mixon to start their draft, and I thought they might grab him at the seven eleven, but that didn't happen. So I was I snapped him up, um, at the seven twelve. So now I have my third running back, and again Murray, he should be very active on the Saints on a good offense. And I've got three decent running backs uh, in my stable. Um, at the eight hundred one, I've only got two receivers um, through my first seven picks. So I pick Nikhil Harry, who along with Julian Edelman, gives me, you know, again, two of the top targets on the Patriots' offense. So that that's, that's a pervasive theme. Again, I'm, I'm getting top options in the top offenses in the league. Um, so as a number three for Harry, you know, maybe he's not the greatest number three, but I don't know that I'm going to be starting three wide receivers necessarily. Um, probably week one I'd be rolling with Gordon and Jacobs for running back. Thomas Edelman at receiver, and then I'm probably going to double up at tight end with uh, Cook and McDonald. Um, so I really only have to, to to come up with a flex from uh, you know from here on out. So I think uh, from a from a starting lineup perspective, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Now in round nine and ten, this is where I start to take shots of players that I think can um, give me a boost later in the season and and be those potential. Contest winners that uh, I alluded to earlier. So at the nine twelve, I grab Ito Smith, who should uh, Devontae Freeman falter would be um, a prize pickup uh, for the Falcons. Again, a player on a good offense, um, and then at the ten o one, I select Kareem Hunt, who in a best ball league I'm not really a fan of, but in this format with his 8 week suspension, he'll be coming back week 9. Um you don't know what's going to happen with with Nick Chubb. Uh, presumably, he'll still be rolling, but you know, I, I always try to tell myself his story. Um you know, how can this guy be a league winner? What can he do that would, you know, put him in a position to to really um produce for the team so if I, if I can tell myself you know a story like that and come up with a scenario um, of great success then then I'll you know I'll, I'll pick a guy up so you don't know what's going to happen second half of the season for the Browns so what the hell give me Kareem Hunt um, we know he has the talent he'll just need the opportunity and following that pick um, there's some conversation in the chat room uh, my friend, Mr. Crackrock, at nine, he ended up selecting Austin Eckler, who, in theory, would be the handcuff for Melvin Gordon, and, and I passed on him. Um, and that's because last year I, I played the, the Gordon Eckler tandem, and when Gordon went down and Eckler had the opportunity, he, he just, you know, didn't didn't meet my expectations um, of of producing Gordon like numbers. Uh, you know, it ended up being Justin Jackson that had a few nice games. So Eckler seems to be more of a, a complimentary piece who can provide you some spike games here and there. He's a he's a good best ball option for me. Um so I passed on him. I figured Kareem Hunt actually has the the, the better path to, to, to busting out um later in the season. So we're halfway through the draft, that's ten rounds. Um rounds eleven and twelve on the turn. So I take Devin Fonches as my fourth right receiver um you know there's some knocks on him but i'm drafting him as a number four again he's on the colts so he's in a position to to maybe do some nice things um i shouldn't have to rely on him but if he if he breaks out and starts you know over uh um exceeding expectations then then i'm in good shape and then i select jack doyle as my third tight end at the 1201 again two nice pieces receiving pieces for and a great offense for the Colts a little worried about the hip I have been in, in on occasion knocking the guy but as my third tight end if he can get over this hip um situation and and Ebron um regresses like a lot of people thinks uh, think that he might then that's a great uh add for me as my third tight end um in Jack Doyle so up to this point, I still don't have a quarterback. And you will see that in a lot of these football guys' drafts. Quarterbacks are like poison. These these sharper players that are drafting in these early leagues are very hesitant to to go after the quarterback and will just, you know, hoard the, the lottery picks and, and the stud players and just deal with quarterback at a later point in time. Because you only got to start the one and... Um, Quite honestly, we have so much time between now and the, the beginning of the season. You don't know how the situations are going to play out, and you could pick a guy up. There's going to be two waiver runs um, before the season actually starts. So the idea here is to, to hoard you know, guys with upside, let the preseason play out, and then adjust your roster accordingly with those two first waiver periods to attack the season when it opens up um, for week number one. So this is, all, this is like buying, you know, um, speculating on stocks at this point in time. Uh, so in the 13th, I finally decide to address my quarterback situation. I take Drew Brees. So I essentially have a stack here of Saints. I've got Drew Brees. Um, I've got Latavius Murray. I've got Michael Thomas. And I've got Jared Cook. So, you know... The Saints' schedule actually has a couple uh, rough spots, but on the weeks where they get those nice matchups, you know, I could really, um, in in theory, uh, put up some huge points on a given week. Just a quick look at their first five games, we've got um, their home against Houston, which should be decent. Then they got two rough games at the Rams and then at the Seahawks. Uh, So maybe. You know, than expectations there. But then they're home against Dallas, home against Tampa Bay, and then they have two tough games on the road at Jacksonville at Chicago. But I like having, um, you know, that, that option to stack uh, with Breeze and, and the rest of the Saints. And actually, going into this draft, I had targeted Dak Prescott as potentially being my only quarterback. But, you know, given a lack of other options at that point, I decided I'll, I'll take Breeze and... and, and you know, get this stack situation going. Um, and then, you know, see how it goes. But I actually did end up getting uh, Prescott later um, in the draft. Uh, we'll get to that. So uh, on the, the second pick on the thirteen, fourteen turn, I go with Rykel Armstead, who is um, a nice lottery pick type player for me. So he'll be the backup for Leonard Fournette. Now what do we know about Fournette? He gets injured a lot. He doesn't like to play unless he's hundred percent. and he also comes with creative ways to get himself suspended, you know, getting fights in uh, you know in weird places on the field with with different players. So he's a bit of a, a powder keg. So Armstead, you know again, I'm telling myself this is a story, this is a scenario where the guy can really have an opportunity to bust out. Armstead's also a guy that I wanted to uh, get in the Revelations draft, but I waited a little bit too long and and didn't have the, the chance to get him. Um, so I grab him here in the fourteenth, knowing that the the you know the acquisition of um, of of these lottery pick players is is a little is moving them up in drafts. Um, so I pulled the trigger on him just a little bit earlier. So fifteenth and sixteenth rounds for me. I go with Jalen Richard as he's not so much a lottery pick player, but he's a he's a good complement to having Josh Jacobs. He's not really a handcuff, but Rashard's a good PPR guy who, who could be a nice fill in. Um I've been drafting him here and there, so he's just a he's a nice bench player for me. Um in the fifteenth round. And then coming back on the sixteenth, I'm still light at wide receiver. I only have four receivers up to this point, so I grab Anthony Miller, which is a nice value in um, in the 16th round, because normally he's a 12th rounder um, in most of these drafts, what I've seen. So that's a pretty good value um, as my wide receiver 5. And again, Chicago should have a, a pretty decent offense. Now, the 17-18 turn, this is where I grab Dak Prescott as a second quarterback. And I hadn't intended to spend two picks on a quarterback, but because I really kind of like his situation for 2019, specifically his schedule, which I take into consideration for this particular um, contest, it's really outstanding. Um, And the playoff weeks in week 12 and 13, he is at New England... And home to Buffalo, so I can see him putting up a lot of points there. And also to open up the season, which is important in this competition to to get out. And the same thing in the main event. You want to get out to a good start. Um, So his first five games are home to the Giants, at Washington, home to Miami, at New Orleans, home to Green Bay. Then he goes at the Jets, which could be a little tough defensively, but then home to... The Eagles, so I mean that's a pretty sweet uh, opening set of games, which will come in handy, and you know to maybe balance out some of the tougher games that Breeze um, is running into there. So I can you know I can essentially stream the two guys depending upon the matchups, and we'll see how that those those uh, games are looking once the season gets there. But I feel pretty good about having uh, Breeze and Prescott um, as a nice tandem to take me into this competition coming back around in the 18th round I grab another wide receiver I grab Dante Moncrief who um has the opportunity to really uh, put up some nice numbers potentially with again Antonio Brown's gone so I've got uh two two of the better receiving options um for the Steelers I got Vance McDonald and I got Dante Moncrief I'm not personally a, a James Washington um, pundit, so I'm hoping that Moncrief can, um, you know, provide some nice value given the, the, the relatively free cost that uh, that he's 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 costing here in uh, in this particular draft. So that that takes me to. Uh, the 19th round but now I have one two three four five I got six receivers so although I was kind of light on them at the beginning I think I got a nice decent core um guys that have upside and um you know we'll just have to see how it plays out when we get to the season so rounds 19 and 20 I just take you have to draft a a defense and a kicker um During the draft, that's one of the rules. You can't punt those positions and then pick them up in the waiver periods prior to the season. You have to actually draft those guys. So I go with, I had hoped to get the Eagles, but they went a few picks before me. I ended up taking Dallas, who again has that nice early season run, opens at home against the Giants and then at Washington. So those could be some very nice defensive matchups for Dallas. But I intend to likely stream defense. Um, as the season moves on and then my final pick is Giorgio Tavecchio for uh for the Falcons um you know kicker in a dome on a good team that's all you can ask for um so that pretty much does it for for my particular draft um I feel pretty good about the team I think I got a good mix of upside players and and starters um and like I said, I took schedules into consideration at the, in the bye weeks, and um, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I got a lot of the guys that I was targeting. In my opinion, this draft was much easier for me than the Revelations draft, where I had Mister Tupacker sniping me um, at the 11 spot. I didn't have as, as much of a, a hard time in this draft with. I'm not sure who this individual is, but. Uh, he seemed to let some some values fall to me on occasion, so I was pretty happy about that. Overall, if I had to give my my team a grade here, I, I give it a solid B. Um, I didn't hit it out of the park, but it's uh, I think it, I I had a pretty decent performance, and um, you know at this point we just it's just gonna sit there, and, and we'll see how uh, situations play out over the preseason and. Um, You'll see there'll be a lot of activity um, on that that first preseason waiver run for sure. Cause, you know, guys are going to get hurt, and there will be you know plenty of players that that didn't get drafted that will be targets um, that first waiver period in the preseason. And just from a historical perspective, another thing that we have at FantasyMojo.com is all of the waiver runs. Um, listed for each waiver period all the players added and dropped Um, it's it's nicely indexed on our site and actually if you go back to the first waiver run of 2018 um, to give you an example of how how guys will just um, you know come out of the blue so that's uh, Alfred Morris was one of the highest acquired players that's because of the McKinnon injury and uh, Adrian Peterson was actually the number one pickup uh, we there was actually nine guys who bid between 900 and 999. So, nine teams actually blew their entire fab budget in the first preseason week one uh, waiver wire run. So they it, that didn't really work out too well for most people. But uh, so so you can see that there's 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 heavy activity that that first week because so many things will happen over the course of the preseason and also because these football guys drafts. You got some guys drafting in May, and then you're going to have guys drafting, um, you know, up through September. And I, I think late August is the cutoff for being eligible to participate in that first waiver wire run. So, you know, in these May drafts, your, your roster can be full of holes by the time we get to, um, you know, that first waiver run, uh, preseason waiver run. So, but we'll see how it shakes out. You know, I always say you can't get too excited or, or bummed out by by how your draft um goes at this point in time because you just don't know what's going to shake out over the course of the preseason all you can do is draft to you know try and put your um you know your psychic hat on as much as you can and, and just make the best decisions that you can um and then see how things play out so to recap my team um quarterbacks are drew brees and Dak prescott running backs are melvin gordon josh jacobs latavius murray Ito Smith, Kareem Hunt, Ryquel Armstead, Jalen Richard. Wide receivers are Michael Thomas, Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Devin Funches, Anthony Miller, Dante Moncrief. Tight ends are Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, Jack Doyle, and kickers, Giorgio Tavecchio, and defense is Dallas. So, like I said, I think I'm giving myself a B for this draft. Um, so now in the next segment, what I'm going to do is give a grade for each of the teams um, that drafted along with me and maybe make some comments. So we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a second. So before we get into the draft grades and, and go over all the teams' um, drafts, You'll want to look in the show notes or, or on the over at com where we're listening this podcast uh, for a link to the draft board. Um, and, and maybe you know, unless you're driving, I'd ideally follow along, um, team by team, and that'll probably be the best way to, uh, you know, to, 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 to listen to this, um, to actually see the board as, as we review the teams. All right. So now we're going to go through the teams. Um, We'll start with Team One, who started the draft off with Christian McCaffrey and actually had a really strong first four picks, grabbing McCaffrey and Fournette, and then lucked out. George Kittle fell all the way to the 212. So he grabbed Kittle and then followed up with O.J. Howard at the 412, who I think is one of my favorites. Uh, at tight end in that second tier. So that's a super strong start for that guy. Um, beyond that, the, I think there's some question marks at uh, running back for him. Uh, James White should be productive, guessing which week could be uh, difficult as New England rotates You know, so many backs there. Um, and then he's got Freeman, McCoy... And a couple wild cards with Alexander Madison and Tony Pollard. So some question marks at running back beyond uh, James White. Wide receivers are solid. I wouldn't call them explosive. With Robert Woods, Jarvis Langey, and Marvin Jones being the the top three. It's got Sanders and Traquan Smith, um, Deshaun Jackson, Tyrell Williams. Some Some upside there again. It's uh, it, it's a difficult call to, to put them in a lineup in a given week. Quarterbacks are Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. They're, you know, solid starters. Um, those are two guys who will stay healthy for you over the course of the year as well. So uh, they can definitely stream those two quarterbacks. So overall, a very well-constructed team. Um, just pounded the skill positions until uh, round 14, where got golf and um, that's what I kind of like to see in this did the did the quarterbacks late and the last two rounds grabbed the uh, the kicker in defense so very good job here so overall i give it uh I'll give it a b um, I'm a little conservative but just it's it doesn't have um, explosive upside um, in terms of you know league winners late in the year other than that it should be a contender to, to win the league I think now Team 2 started with uh, Saquon Barkley and then pounded the receivers getting Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, and Chris Godwin. So really attacked that. That's a, that's a strong um, core of wide receivers to move forward with. RB2, it's it's a bit of a question mark. They got Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, and Tevin Coleman. So looks like they opted for um, potential upside versus stability there um, it could be Sanders or Coleman um, but those are more flex type guys I think right now um, also they got Devin Singletary so um, but they've got time to sort that out that they obviously emphasized um, the wide receivers when they were drafting and they did a similar thing they just pounded the skill positions and didn't draft their first quarterback till round 14 they picked up Jameis Winston And Lamar Jackson, who um, are going to have very high ceilings, but perhaps a little inconsistent um, week to week. But uh, definitely a lot of upside there. Tight ends. They got Font, uh, Goddard, uh, Sternberg, and um, Jimmy Graham. So, again, they're, they're leaning towards capturing some upside at the tight end position. Um but may I have to end up starting Jimmy Graham uh, out of the gate initially. So that's also a very good team. I'll give that a B as well. And if one of those um, rookie running backs hits, they could be uh, looking at the type of team that could really take them far in the tournament. Team 3, it's the same story. These, these guys are very good drafters. They also pounded the skill positions up until... Um, Round 15 when they took their first quarterback, which was Josh Allen, kind of a high upside kind of guy, but um, plenty of opportunity to to fill that in later when uh, when waivers opens up if necessary. So they started off with Kamara and Drake as their first two running backs and wrapped those guys with four very nice receivers, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Tyler Lockett, and Mike Williams. Um... Beyond Drake, they went for you know the backup high upside guys. So they got Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, Naeem Hines, Jalen Samuels, and the Damian Harris. Um, tight end, they got Trey Burton and Mike Gasicki. So Burton is solid. Um, Gasicki you know, could um, could could have an ascension here in um, in his sophomore campaign. Uh, they also went with, uh, Bruce Anderson, who is, is, you know, maybe one of those league winner types if, if he, um, ends up coming out of Tampa Bay. So he's got Ronald Jones and Bruce Anderson, um, for Tampa Bay. So definitely some upside there, but this is, yeah, this is another strong team. Um, I'm going to give them a B minus, uh, I just because I I I don't like it quite as much as Team One or Team Two, Um, but still very solid. And um, see, they also grabbed Demarcus Robinson in the 20th round. So depending how the Tyree Kill situation pans out, Robinson could be a uh, a nice contributor. Team Four is uh, named Number One Coyote, and they went very running back heavy at the beginning of their draft, picking up uh, Zeke and Nick Chubb. Very solid. First two backs, um, and then followed up with Philip Lindsay and jarek McKinnon in rounds four and five, who have some question marks. But um, if you know if they come through, then they're looking at a stud uh, running back core with Zeke, Chubb, Lindsay, and McKinnon. Uh, wide receivers started off with Thielen, but then the number two is Robbie Anderson, and number three is Kiki uh, Q T um picked up some upside Curtis Samuel John Ross Muhammad sanu I mean the, 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 he's a little pedestrian um Terry McLaurin, so uh definitely some you know s- some uh potential uh tight ends all three of these guys have question marks Delaney Walker coming off the injury Greg Olson coming off the injury and Ricky seals Jones who are you know there's there's brand names there but uh There's no sure thing um, among that group, so hopefully one of them would pan out. Uh, They got Aaron Rodgers in the sixth. They're one of the few teams that drafted a quarterback earlier, and then they followed up with Trubisky in the sixteenth to back him up. So um, you know Rodgers is a stud, but uh, you know overall, I'll also give this team a B minus. It's it's very solid. Uh, not really explosive, um, but they uh, they didn't hurt themselves in the draft as far as I can tell. So this was also well done. So we're giving them a B. Now Team Five, which is named Luck in the Air, uh, this is an interesting team. Not one of my favorites, to be honest. So with their first pick, they take Le'Veon Bell at five, which is is you know on the early side for him. Um, it could work out, but uh, I probably would have maybe gone uh, David Johnson at five if I was going to take a running back there, give him what was left. And then they take Gurley, who is not my favorite either. Um, it, granted, it was it was relatively late in the second, at the two o eight. So I mean, it, they grabbed them. I, I I just don't think it's going to happen for Gurley this year. I, um, I've mentioned that on previous podcasts so uh then their number three running backs Jordan Howard. then they got Chris Thompson and Spencer Ware and Isaiah Crowell. so it, that's that that running back core could blow up in their face um potentially. so uh not not my favorite. And then they also went early on the quarterbacks. they took Andrew luck in round four. And then followed up with Matt Ryan again uh, in the ninth, So they went early QB. Um, tight ends are a question mark with David Njoku, Irv Smith and Cameron Brait. Uh, I, I don't trust Njoku. Um, I it, He was just really inconsistent last year. It got to the point where I couldn't even start him with any kind of um, confidence. Uh, receivers, they got Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup. Paris Campbell, Um, again, guys with question marks. So cups coming off the injury. Uh, Paris Campbell's a rookie. We'll have to wait and see with him. Um, Certainly, the upside is there, and he's he's on a great team. But uh, you know, if that's your number three um, in the draft, you know you got to be somewhere. You can't be, you know, stellar at all the positions. Um, not much later on with Geronimo Allison, Josh Stockton, and Quincy Nuna. So the, you know, Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup are the focal points. Um, so, but the construction of this is is suspect. They went early also on defense, drafting the Chargers in Cleveland in rounds twelve and fifteen. So, not a fan of drafting more than one defense, and certainly not early um like he did there also drafted the first kicker off the board in round 14 so not not really a great performance in my opinion I would have to give this a D um that may be a little harsh and I don't like to put anyone down but um I I I don't know I I can't envision a scenario where this team um wins the league even if bell and Gurley perform up to their you know maximum potential this is just the way they built this team is kind of kind of suspect so but but we'll see you know you never know what what'll happen team six is b1g fbg1 um one of the infamous 26ers that draft in the ffpc leagues uh At their first pick, they went Travis Kelsey, which, you know, is always solid. um, And FFPC with the tight end premium. After that, uh, they got three nice um, starting receivers. Mike Evans, who they took a little bit on the earlier side in the second round, but that's fine. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Alan Robinson, I mean, those are potentially all number one um, wide receivers. And you got a Robinson in the seventh, which is pretty nice um running backs derrick henry is their number one rb they took him to third their second running back is is david montgomery who um you know i I guess they're high on him Uh, that's i don't know that that's a slam dunk rb two. and then darius geis uh, coming off the injury is is suspect i think a little bit um it could work out um and then um Duke Johnson, TJ Yeldon, kind of filler as RB's. And they took a couple shots uh at the end of the draft with Deontay Johnson, Devin Azigbo, and Demaria Crockett. So they've got uh, the the few lottery tickets. Um and their tight ends. Uh, you know, overall you gotta like it. Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and uh, Tyler Eifert, if he can stay healthy. I mean, he's a steal in the thirteenth, and I, I do like Andrews. So they've got uh, a very solid um, tight end group, and the quarterback they just took Baker Mayfield in the ninth. So that's uh, a reasonable price, and they only took the one quarterback, and I think they'll be they'll be fine with that. So overall, I think I'm going to give them. I'll give them a B minus. Uh, not an explosive team. Very solid. It definitely, I think, could compete for, um, you know, the playoffs. But, uh, this is a tight draft. I mean, there wasn't a lot of, you know, value dropping. So it, there's, a, it's, it's, there's a lot of parity in this league. Um, like I said, it's, it's all experienced drafters and you, you, nothing's getting past any of these guys. So, um, it's it's really going to be interesting when the season starts to see how it plays out because I I don't see well team five was not spectacular but um, for the, for the most part everybody has done their homework and was well prepared so this is going to be a very interesting league to play out but anyway so we move on team seven is special K and they also followed the pound the skill positions and draft quarterback late um, model. So they grabbed Odell Beckham in the first round at uh, position seven, then grabbed three solid running backs Dalvin Cook, Carrion Johnson, Sonny Michelle, and then uh, went back to receiver. And so Tyler Boyd is their number two, and Alshon Jeffrey is their number three, which I guess, you know, that's, that, that, that's uh, you know, in line with uh, number two and a number three. Um, not explosive, but uh, very solid. And then later on, they got uh, a receiver James Washington, Andy Isabella, John Brown, Equinamius St. Brown. So there's a lot of upside in that group. Uh, tight ends: Austin Hooper, who you know is one of my favorites. Um, I would certainly would have. I probably, I might have grabbed him as a, as a third tight end, maybe coming back. I don't know. Um, but that's a, that's a nice, uh, inexpensive number one tight end for you to grab. Uh, and that was in the seventh round, and then he came back with Kyle Rudolph, whose value is coming back up a little bit recently with um, some votes of confidence. Um, you know, the trade talk has is died down a bit, and there's there's talk of a, an extension uh, being worked out, so his value is coming back up. And then he took a, a flyer with Ben Watson uh, in the nineteenth, and I don't know that you needed to spend a pick on. Watson in the nineteenth. I think he was—he's a guy you could pick up off waivers. Um, but they're—they're t- they're taking a shot. Uh, maybe he, you know, um, emerges as the number one tight end there over Austin Safarian Jenkins. But honestly, at this point, if you look at the best ball drafts, it's Safarian Jenkins that the the FFPC community clearly prefers. Um, Watson's going like in the twenty fifth and on. Um, in the best ball drafts, and Ferry Jenkins is around the fourteenth typically, but uh, maybe that pick, you know, I personally I might have used that Watson pick on on another lottery ticket because uh, Watson I don't know is giving you um, a whole hell of a lot of upside as a number three tight end. That's that's kind of a luxury to have. Uh, quarterbacks: Carson Wentz late in the twelfth, and Ben Roethlisberger in the sixteenth. So two nice solid. QB's that the, they can um, stream over the course of the season. Um, I mean, those are potentially two top ten guys, uh, depending how it plays out. So, a uh, very nice team. Uh, give them, I give them a solid B on this. They get a, they get a mix of upside and uh, you know a strong starting core. Um, so you know, they got a shot. Again, another strong team here, so uh, can't complain. So we move on to Team 8, which is identified only as SH. Uh, th- this team had a really good draft. So uh, coming out of the 8th spot, they picked DeAndre Hopkins in the first round. Then Zach Ertz fell to him, um at the 205, so... uh eh. You know, I, I would have loved to have had him, but um I knew that was that the price to pay was gonna be Garbage at uh, at wide receiver if I would have started running back tight end. So anyway, he you know, he, he benefits here. Um and then he's got Marlon Mack, Evan Ingram, Mark Ingram, Tariq Cohen, and then Deshaun Watson he selected in the seventh round, and I really love watson's um schedule for this year he's uh he's got a great um the playoffs for week 12 and 13 are home at indy and home at uh, home versus new england so if this guy can make it to the playoffs which i think he will i think he's going to really um farewell in the playoffs and um Watson has is a great regular season, weeks one through 11 also. So if, if he had gotten to the end of the seventh round, I might have pulled the trigger on him. Uh, I liked him. He was definitely one of the guys on my radar. But uh, And then even after that, in, in rounds eight, goes Sterling Shepard, D.D. Westbrook, and Larry Fitzgerald. So those are, his, those are his two, three, and four. And I think those guys could all really, um, you know, they're all startable. And he's grabbing them in, you know, the 8th, ninth, and 10th round. So he's getting a lot of value. And then he gets Jordan Reed in the 11th as his RB3. And he's, you know, Reek is a potential RB1 um, if if he's healthy and, and, you know, his game is on. So, I mean, this guy killed it. Um, He's got some wild cards. He's got Marquise Brown, Justice Hill, um... So, you know, a nice mix there. He followed up uh, Watson with Garoppolo in the 17th. And he got some nice upside guys with Devontae Parker and Marquez Valdez-Scantling who are, you know, could... uh, Scantling could emerge, and Parker is one of those guys that is a potential comeback candidate. So I'm going to give this guy... I'm going to give him an A for this draft. This is really... A nice team. He he really did well. Kind of jealous, but um, I think this is a potential league-winning team. How it fares in uh, the postseason, it would be to be determined. So, eight spots, nice. Um, This guy really, you know, he he caught a break with Ertz falling back to him, and then the cards fell in the right place. So, great job by him. Team nine, Crack Rock. It's a similar story, uh, a very good draft. Kind of fortunate David Johnson fell to him all the way at the number 9 pick, which is um, he's typically going 5th, 6th pick in the FFPC drafts right now. So he caught a break there, came back with Juju Smith-Schuster in the 2nd, solid number 1, Stephon Diggs in the late 3rd at 3.09, so caught a break there. And then he gets Damian Williams, at the four hundred four, which is relatively late as well, so he's he's picking up value. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, at uh, Damien Williams was somebody I had, uh, you know, had thought about, but uh, that week twelve buy, I, I couldn't afford to have two running backs um, with the week twelve buy. And some people may say, you know, don't worry about the buys, but uh, you know that that's something I took into consideration. Um, so he's got. Uh, hunter henry in the fifth who if he can perform up to expectations is you know a solid number one there i i kind of have my question marks about him um but by all by by all uh, appearances he's healthy Um, round six he's got calvin ridley and the other receiver so he went light on receiver actually so He's only got Smith, Schuster, Diggs, Ridley, and Fuller as his four receivers, so that's really kind of thin. Um, so he'd definitely be going uh, Smith, Schuster, and Diggs, but he decided, I guess, to, to to attack the running backs. So he's got also Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, which I like. It's, so he, you know, he's got. He's got Williams and Hyde, so he's got that Kansas City running back situation locked in. That's that's nice, and he didn't really overpay for that, getting Hyde in the ninth. Uh, he's got Austin Eckler. Um, again, I, I passed on him, and and he scooped him up. Uh, I think he's really just usable as a flex, as I said before. I don't think he is, you know, gonna c- command the ball as a as a starter. Um if um Melvin Gordon goes down. But that he's you know, Eckler had really nice weeks, so but that's better in a best ball format. His that's his uh number five running back here. So uh but we'll see. Kalen Balage, um, also Chase Edmonds, Justin Jackson, Elijah Maguire. He's got a ton of of uh of potential here in these these backup running backs. Um but he did pay the price. That so that that's at the price of uh, the wide receivers. So and then he waits as well on his um, quarterbacks, picking up Russell Wilson in the thirteenth round, and then Philip Rivers in the seventeenth. So people were just letting the the quarterbacks drop, and there's there was great value to be had. Uh, so over and his his tight end court Hunter Henry and T J Hawkinson he got in the eleventh round. Which is also a person that, um, that's a great value in this draft. You know, he's usually going in the 10th. Um, he got him late 11th. So he got about a two round value, um, a two round discount on Hawkinson. And he takes a flyer on Josh Oliver in the 18th. Uh, so very, he, a lot of value fell to him. Um, and he didn't miss on any of it. He just scooped it up. So I'm going to give him Mr. Crackrock, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, he actually has placed very high in the Football Guys Championships before, so he knows what he's doing. Um, I'll give him an A-, minus only because his, his, uh, his receiver's core is a little bit thin. Um, but in my opinion, receivers is probably the easiest area to acquire talent once waivers opens up. Um, There'll be a high frequency of, of uh, emerging players at that position that you can pick up uh, as the year goes on. Team ten is the same story. Um, pounded the skill positions, and then scored uh, some some nice QBs in the thirteenth, fourteenth round. Uh, so they go Devonte Adams, Julio Jones, one two, and then lands Devonta Freeman. And Aaron Jones, third and fourth, Chris Carson. That's that's a solid set of uh running backs to come away with when you when you grab them in the third or fifth round. Um wide receiver three is Dante Pettis that they grabbed in the sixth. Now they grab Tyreek Hill and Micole Hardman in the seventh and eighth. So they're flying with uh, you know, that that explosive Kansas City wide receiver as their number four, wide receiver four. So that's that's nicely done. Uh Dante Foreman at the ninth, not really a fan of him. I don't have faith in guys coming back from Achilles injuries. Um tight ends a little weak. So they grab Chris Chris Herndon in the tenth. He's solid. Um nothing nothing great. Uh Ian Thomas in the fifteenth and Dawson Knox. So some some potential there, but Clearly, they decided that uh, they weren't going to emphasize the tight ends, which can work. And Even though this is a tight end premium format, if you look at some of the championship winning teams, um, they didn't necessarily have great tight ends, so there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, in the 13th and 14th, they got Cam Newton and Kyler Murray in the 13th and 14th round. So that is, is an explosive combo. Um, that That's great. To, to to wait that long and come away with those two guys. Uh I've seen Murray go much, much earlier than that. Um and then a couple flyers they take Dexter Williams and uh Karen Higdon in the sixteenth and twentieth. So I'm gonna give these guys that's it, it's a real strong team That the Titans are a little weak. I'll give them a B plus. Um but great job um drafting this team. This is this is this is nice. This is a this is a tight draft. Uh, when we get to the drafts in you know later in the summer, the July August time timeframe, um, we'll get more of the general population in these drafts, and the, I think they're going to loosen up a bit. But right now, you got the the fanatics in here, so th- these are really tough. Team Eleven um, had you know I, I think a little bit of a mediocre draft. This is the CFL Kluger uh, team. And so they start off with James Conner, who, I mean, if you've been reading, there's question marks at this time about the whole Pittsburgh starting running back uh, situation. So that's a bit of a risky pick at at eleven. Then uh, Joe Mixon's, you know, that's that's a guy that uh, I would have taken at the twelve spot, but um, Gordon was there for me, so I like that that player. They go early with Mahomes. As far as running backs were concerned in this draft, they went early, hit the, the 311. Um, so they end up with Kenny Galladay as their number one receiver, and then two and three are Sammy Watkins and Corey Davis. So I don't know that there's any sure things in that group. Um, and then their other receivers are Golden Tate and Kenny Stills and Danny Amendola, so not a flashy wide receiver core. Um, tight ends, they went with Ebron. At five eleven, uh, you know, there's there's a, dis, a dis, disparate uh, opinions on on Ebron. and uh, and then they grab Austin Safarian Jenkins and Jason Winton later at fifteen and sixteen. Not guys with huge upside, probably more question marks than anything else. So hopefully Ebron works out for him. Um, so it's the running backs beyond mixing, sort of pedestrian. They got Mike Davis, Gio Bernard, Deion Lewis, uh, Benny Snell, Malcolm Brown. So uh, maybe Malcolm Brown, you know, if if the planets align, maybe he becomes the, the, the number one RB um, for the Rams. Uh, Snell is, you know, another possibility for the Steelers. So maybe he's got two of the three candidates. Uh, for for the Pittsburgh backfield, but um, you know I'm not feeling strong about this team. Uh, they also grabbed Tom Brady in the 18th round. That's nice. Uh, I don't know that he would really need him, having spent that draft capital on Mahomes in the third. Uh, that might have been. I, I would have taken a, a, a dart throw on somebody there. So uh, I mean I'm going to give them a C minus for this team. I don't there's a lot of question marks um, it could surprise and and do well but at this point in time i, I just think there's a lot of question marks um, and then obviously team 12 was my team talked about it in depth earlier i gave it a b uh, but you know I was happy with it uh, pretty tight draft overall um, so yeah those are the grades for everyone so I mean that's going to do it for this episode. Um, head over to FantasyMojo.com. Uh, we made a reference to a lot of the tools that uh, you know that we use during the draft season to help us. You know, looking at historical data, uh, not just draft boards, but looking at waiver wire information, looking at the winners from last year, looking at the approaches that those winners took uh, with the draft boards. And um, so yeah, head on over there. Um, follow us on Twitter at FantasyMojo, and although we're not technically allowed to post ADP and draft boards for the Football Guys Players Championship, hit the hashtag FBG2019 uh, on Twitter, and we're basically tagging all the boards that other people are um, you know, putting up on uh, on Twitter. So that that's a good way to, to, to see some of the, the action that, that's going on in these drafts. Alright, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you later.